Do you have a true story that you would like to see featured on a video like this one? Well, then go to AsTheRavenDreams.com slash submit or check the links down below. And of course, thank you. Around 1986, a toddler-sized talking doll, whose name I'm still too superstitious to repeat, hit the market. She had blonde, curly ringlets, and large blue eyes that moved around when she talked. The sounds she made came from a cassette player that was built into her back, and her rubber mouth would open and close along with the audio. The first time I saw one of these dolls in person was at a friend's house. For the next year, I would persistently beg my parents for that doll. And when I was eight, they surprised me with one for my birthday. Between 1988 and 1989, the doll and I got along well. I started to outgrow the cutesy and babyish cassettes that came with her, so, sometimes, I would put random tapes in her back. Even music. I would laugh hysterically as her mouth and eyes moved along with everything from classical music to my dad's boring financial tutorials narrated by a droning male voice. That man's voice emanating from the doll's mouth was totally creepy, but even more hilarious. I inevitably got bored of this, but for at least a year, I had some good times with her. It was toward the end of my fourth grade school year in 1989, and one night I was getting ready for bed as I always did. This night was marked by a gradual uneasiness, which started out as barely noticeable, but by the time I was in bed... I began to worry that I may never get to sleep. It was odd, because there was nothing in particular I was anticipating or that was bothering me. No class trips, tests, or anything that might trigger a sleepless night. I wondered if I was coming down with something. I was feeling ever so slightly unwell and the sensations in my body were causing me a great deal of anxiety. I lay with discomfort for at least two hours, wanting to toss and turn, but felt too emotionally paralyzed to move. For some reason, I wanted to face the wall. In fact, I was afraid to face the open space of my room. A sense of dread emerged. I remembered what my mom told me about not being able to sleep. She recommended that I didn't force myself to close my eyes, so I left them open. Periodically, my eyelids would close, but then my awareness of them closing would wake me up. Another hour went by, and I was used to hearing the occasional whirring of cars. But after laying awake for so long... The traffic noise gradually ceased. The quietness of the room was... distracting. Judging by the lack of street noise, I'm guessing that it was three or even four in the morning. Then, 
and I heard something impossibly bizarre and barely audible. My baby brother's crib was across the room by the window. He was not yet talking, no more than a couple of words, and certainly wasn't counting. But I heard him not just counting, but doing it backwards from ten. Every number was spoken in an exaggeratedly drawn-out sing-song voice that started from a lower tone and eventually made its way to a higher one. I peeked over my shoulder to look at the crib, but it looked like my brother was asleep. Ten, nine, eight, seven. I pulled the covers tightly around my body and tried to convince myself that I didn't hear what I just heard. After all, the volume of that tiny voice was extremely low. Perhaps the baby was babbling in his sleep, and my brain tried to make sense of it. Could I have dozed off? Well, uh, that's the thing. I had been awake the entire night. Five, four, etc. Then, a faint clicking sound came from the corner beside my brother's crib. There was a small wooden chair in that corner. Each of its legs had a metal wheel which clicked in such a way when the chair was being moved. It was unmistakable. The chair was moving on its own. I didn't dare turn to look because I was depending on that last ounce of denial that I could muster. The worst thing about this chair, other than its sudden independent movement was that it was the permanent residence of the doll when it was not in use. I knew that she was sitting on the chair before I got into bed. Then, it felt as though all the air was sucked out of the room, and I could only hear the clicking of the chair's wheels as they inched closer to my bed. I started to call out for my parents, but I was unable to yell loudly enough. The fear was so intense that I could barely move. But eventually, I decided that I should just make a run for the door. The problem was, in order to get out of the room, I would have to risk looking at the doll. Finally, I was able to move a little, and that's when I made the mistake of turning my head too far around and saw the doll in her chair inches away from my bed. What's worse is that her face was contorted in such a way that, as an adult, I can compare to Regan from The Exorcist. But as a nine-year-old, I had no concept of it. The doll's eyes were also looking upward, but slightly to one corner, creating an absolutely horrifying image that I will never forget. That's when I let out a powerful shriek. I did so reflexively, and it was almost like I was listening to someone else scream. When my parents came running in, the doll was back in her corner, and I was never believed. I slept in my parents' bed that night, and they were angry at me. I dreamed that I was in a car driving in circles around some suburban neighborhood I have never seen before. Living alone with the aftermath of this experience was traumatic in and of itself, 
The following week, I was so paranoid about seeing inanimate objects doing things they weren't supposed to, that I jumped to conclusions about certain things. For instance, the shampoo and conditioner that was in the shower one evening felt significantly heavier than they did earlier in the day, and I was afraid that the substances somehow materialized at will. My mom insisted that water probably got in the bottles, but it didn't. I turned the bottles over, and no excess water came out. Perhaps it was my paranoia, but I'm not ruling anything out. Not after what I experienced. It took several months to feel somewhat normal again, and to this day, I am still affected by this incident. The story takes place over several years and happened while I was in late high school slash early community college. My two best friends lived directly across the street from one another. Mike had been there most of his life, and Rob and his parents moved in directly across the street. We used their street as a headquarters slash chill spot and would spend most of our days together. It was always us three, and then random friends that would come and go as well. Since Rob's house was bigger, the three of us, along with anyone else that joined, would all gather primarily in his house, as it had a large, finished basement, and it was easier to just be teenagers down there. Rob also used his computer room, for band practice. Weird things started to happen that we couldn't explain. Entire groups of people were experiencing this, so I know we weren't crazy. It bothered some of us, but for the most part, we were just curious about it. Being teenagers, we all just instantly classified it as demons, of course. Off the top of my head, here are some isolated events. 1. Heavy footsteps upstairs in the middle of the night. We went upstairs, grabbed kitchen knives, walked the whole house, even upstairs where both of his parents were dead asleep, and didn't see anything. Upon further inspection... We noticed a sand dollar decoration that Rob's mom had set on the living room coffee table was smashed to pieces, just sitting on the coffee table, as if it was struck by a hammer. We also inspected the old grandfather clock and noticed the pendulum was not swinging. It usually does. The clock was also icy cold to the touch. Two... Following a party, all of us crashed in the basement. I want to say that there were at least five people there. We kept hearing this weird 8-bit music coming from an unidentifiable source. No matter where we were looking, the sound seemed to be coming from nowhere and everywhere all at once. 
None of us were able to identify what the tune or melody was. One of our friends got so upset that he went home. 3. Another night, Mike saw a shadow figure go into the laundry room. It was a room connected to the basement. And when he turned the light on and went in there, of course, there was nothing there. All of us were accounted for, so it wasn't anyone pulling a prank. 4. I wasn't there for this one, but Rob and Mike were hanging out alone at Rob's house and claimed that they had to lock themselves in one of the bedroom upstairs as they felt something chasing slash stalking them. They heard footsteps rushing up the stairs and then to the door. 5. Assorted random events. Things being misplaced, strange sounds at night. These would happen periodically over the years. One night, Rob claims the demon showed itself to him in the basement when he was there alone. It didn't seem threatening. It was a man wearing a denim jacket, standing in the hallway, propped up against the wall with his arms crossed. It then dissipated. Rob said he didn't feel threatened or scared, and that he felt rather comfortable with this ghost. There was nothing malicious about it. Since we didn't have a name for it, we decided to name the ghost Denny because of his denim jacket. We now had a name for it, and would refer to this ghost as Denny for the remainder of the time. Whenever we would see Rob at school or around town, we'd ask him if he's seen or heard from Denny. I don't actually remember if we saw the apparition again, but small things would happen here or there. We'd all just chalk it up to Denny and move on with our days. We officially stopped being afraid of it, strangely. One day, I was hanging out with Mike and his mom across the street at Mike's. Rob wasn't home, so it was just us. Mike's mom had been a local bartender in the area for decades, and we were just sharing some Denny stories with her. I'm pretty sure a Denny event happened the day prior, so we were just giving her a recap of what we'd experienced. Keep in mind, we had not mentioned the name Denny to her as she didn't have any context, so we just referred to it as the ghost when speaking to her. She goes on to tell us that she knew the man that lived there before Rob and his family moved in. He was a local at the bar she worked at, and he had apparently died of brain cancer some time ago. When we asked her what his name was, she said, Yeah, his name was Dennis, but we all called him Denny. I felt like I had just been struck by lightning. Rob claims the activity had stopped completely since then. Had we given the spirit peace by acknowledging him and befriending him? Did he finally go to the other side because we learned his backstory? How was it possible that he told us his name without ever actually telling us his name? I have so many questions. Well, that's my ghost story. 
told as well as I could remember it. I'm still trying to make myself believe it was just a nightmare. I wish that it was just a nightmare. I mentioned playing the Ouija board three times. I wish I never did play with it. Even now, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, or if I was even thinking at all. I think I was bored, or whatever. Maybe desperate to talk with a loved one. They were played with at night. The first time I played, I only broke one rule. I was playing alone. I was playing on the floor of my small room, and nothing happened, so I ended the game properly by saying goodbye. The second time, I still played alone. The pointer moved around, but really slow and in no direction at all, just a circle. I didn't think much of this. Maybe it needed time to reply. It never landed on a letter or a number. It moved from a circle to trying to go off the board, and I ended the game just like last time. The third time, I asked what its name was, and it spelled out Zozo. I tried keeping calm and ended the game. I heard of Zozo. I knew I messed up horribly. When I tried going to sleep about two in the morning, and something scratched at my foot. Instantly, I couldn't move. I felt like I was being held down. My door was cracked open, but nothing was there. Something was definitely there. No human could get under my bed without shuffling around trash. Yes, I'm not exactly the neatest, but something has to be under my bed because I fear a human or thing crawling on all fours coming out, so I went with putting trash there. When I looked at the cracked open door, and I started overthinking every possibility that could happen, except for a horrendous murder... In this weird second-person view, I vividly see the most twisted murder that I can't bring myself to repeat. I'll just say decapitation and a deep slash over the throat in the most violent way possible. There was a shadow thing crouching down beside my parents' bed. In my head, a second-person whatever it was, I'm banging on my neighbor's door, crying, screaming, shaking really hard, but I'm still in my bed staring at the cracked open door and quietly crying. Then, in that weird view, I'm seeing everything again until the morning. And that hasn't happened again, but I threw the board out and just believed it was a loop dream until I saw the same shadow thing walking casually from the hallway to the kitchen about a week ago. I'm not the only person seeing that thing. Our three cats see it too. One minute they'll be playing and having fun, then they suddenly stop and stare at whatever got their attention. The next thing, they dig their claws into the rug as they run after whatever they saw.
they end up in my room that I stupidly played that game in. I'm a night owl, and I'm always tense at home. My muscles often hurt because of how I would tense them so often. My work was supposed to be a little bit of normalcy. It did work for a while, until the encounters with them happened. We're going to be a little understaffed for a while. Some may not get a 30-minute break. It's sort of falling apart. Since all that happened, my door has stayed shut. That board is at the dump now, and honestly, I'm being stared at a bit more often from the hall. <laughs> the shadow that peeks around the corners seems to be more curious. That's different than the shadow that I saw in my parents' room. The shadow in my parents' room was bigger, potentially taller than the curious one. It sticks around a little longer, and I can get a bit more of a look at it than a glimpse. I hope I never experience whatever that was. A nightmare, whatever that view shift was about. I'm never playing that board again. Maybe it was a nightmare, and I didn't know I fell asleep. Maybe I was half asleep. I was trying to sleep, but I had just laid in bed not feeling tired yet. I don't mind not being believed or being criticized. School did that more often than teaching. But this is killing me, because I was awake when this happened. This started back in 2010 with my mother and my sister. They started telling me they started hearing strange voices. They claimed that it sounded like someone turned on the TV to a staticky station and turned the volume down to a low setting. Almost to where you know it's on, but it's not there, sort of thing. Strangely, they said they heard it in the kitchen and at times in the bathroom, too. This continued for years. I believed them. I mean, who wouldn't? It's your mom and your sister, but I was skeptical. Flash forward a few years to when I come home from the military, permanently, after a handful of weeks, I start to get that staticky, distant TV sound, too, as they did. I hear it in the same places as they claim to have heard it. They've lovingly called him Radio Guy, apparently. They've sort of made friends with him. This goes on for a while. Just hearing that odd sound as if someone is trying to speak, but all we get is the static. This continues on for a few more weeks, and we start to smell things now, too. We assume it's the radio guy. What do we start to smell? Well, we start to smell cigar smoke, coffee being brewed, and breakfast. Like a full eggs, bacon, and toast kind of breakfast. Although no one is cooking or brewing coffee or smokes cigars. Now, oddly enough... The house they lived in were one of the classic cookie-cutter houses built during the Depression into the start of World War II. 
low-income, low-rent housing kind of areas. So, it very well could be a fellow that lived there during that time that loved him some breakfast, loved a hot pot of joe, and enjoyed a stogie on occasion. So, I mean, why not? We learned to live with this radio guy not really making out any voices for years until my sister and I get the idea to use our smartphones as EVP devices. Once we got that vibe of radio guy, we would whip out our phones and attempt to talk to him. Nothing, except for one lone time we got, Hello, family. We were stoked as hell that we even got that from him, but then we thought... What family? Was he talking about us? Our family? Or his own? We were sure if he was intelligent or a residual being, so we were back to square one. It just sort of lived with Radio Guy for the better part of a decade. An odd occurrences that happened, though, was... One night, I was sleeping on the couch in the living room... I woke up for some reason, sit up, and in the hallway was this red mist. I notice it. I ask what it is, and it drifts into my nephew's room. His room is the very first door in the hallway, so I get up and investigate. Nothing. No red mist, no weird vibes, no more radio guy after this night. All that was there was my young nephew sawing logs. I'm still befuddled as to why Radio Guy just left that night. Not one of us have had an experience since. But what was the red mist? Where did it go? And what do you all think of this? Okay. So, my first apartment in Chicago, I had two roommates. Myself and one worked during the day, and our third was an IT man that could work remotely. So, he was home, mostly. One day, we're hanging out in the living room, just vibing. Casually, he says to me very calmly, Sometimes, when you guys are gone and I'm here... I can see shadows moving in and out of your bedrooms. Fast forward, a year goes by and an apartment opens in the front of the building. For reference, the building is old and owned by my third roommate's grandparents. However, his granddad passed, leaving only his grandmother as the owner. So, I'm able to secure the front apartment. This is where things really begin to take a turn. Very small occurrences at first. The ceiling fan would turn on by itself. Objects would be moved or rearranged. An example would be that I would leave my shoes in the hallway, go to sleep, and wake up the next day to find only one shoe in the hall and the other one in another room facing an odd direction. And yes... I'm alone in this unit. Other occurrences had food moved from the fridge to the countertop, like it was about to be prepared, but I hadn't taken anything out. 
It didn't get scary until I was given a used, gently, mattress that had been stowed in the basement by a previous occupant. It was completely wrapped and barely used. The first or second night after moving it into my unit, I awoke one night due to the sensation that I was being watched. I could look out in the hallway from the bed, and there was nothing but darkness, except the distinct body chill of sensing a presence. However, this seemed very malevolent, heavy. I remember just crawling under my covers and freezing in fear until I must have eventually fallen back asleep. I woke up the next day, nothing unusual. That night, I was getting ready for my shift for work. I had closed my apartment door and had stepped into the vestibule. No sooner as I had shut and locked the deadbolt, three loud raps against the door coming from inside my apartment. I jumped back so quick and hurried out of my building to work. After my shift, two in the morning or so, I had told a coworker of mine about the event and asked them to accompany me home just to check things out. Once I had returned to my apartment and opened the door, all lights off except for the ceiling fan in the living room, running full blast, even though it was off when I had left. Nothing strange happened after that until my friend moved into the living room of the apartment. One morning, we both found the door to the apartment completely stuck. It would not budge. We could not open it no matter how hard we tried. She had to go and exit out of the fire escape. I was off that day and didn't have to be anywhere, so I stayed in. I let my super know. Then, during the middle of the afternoon, I'm just playing on my PC when, seemingly out of nowhere... I hear the door just come ajar. I inspect, and yeah, it was open, as if it had never even been stuck. My super didn't even touch it, ended up never having to even come check it out. So, time continues. I move back into my old unit with one of my former roommates. Our IT guy moved since I had last been in that unit. We get a new dude, who seems cool, never met our previous roommate. In between jobs, so he's at home while the two of us are working. You can see where this may be going. Anyways, we're just hanging out and concerned. He says to me, I don't want to scare you, but when you're at work, I can hear and see shadows moving around in your room. So, I think... Something attached itself to me, as small things still occur from time to time, even though I'm not in that building anymore. I've been reading a lot of encounters here lately, and felt that I should contribute with the next one on the timeline. Thanks to everyone who reads this, and those who are sharing their own experiences. My last post was about my first paranormal encounter, and 
my first post was about seeing a face in the window. The story picks up in a different duplex, but in the same tiny town that I saw that face in the window. Literally just a couple doors down the same block. The two duplexes were side by side. I saw the face when I lived in the left unit of the duplex on the left, and then moved to the right-hand unit of the duplex on the right. Easiest move I've ever done. (laughs) So, I moved into this new duplex as my sister was moving for work, and I couldn't afford the rent on my own. Two of my coworkers lived there, and their rooms were upstairs, and my room was downstairs in the partially unfinished basement. At first, everything was normal, and I got settled in. My room was big enough that I had my bed in the corner, and had enough room for a two-seater couch, and my TV and Xbox. And my one roommate had his gaming PC set up in the open, unfinished portion of the basement. I began getting an uneasy feeling at night in my room, though. I would often feel like I was being watched, and would think that I could hear the odd noise or bang through my headset while I was playing games or watching a movie. There was never anything there, though, when I looked, and I did have roommates in bedrooms above me, so it was easily explainable. One night, that all changed, though, as I headed to bed. I'd been feeling like I was being watched all evening. As I switched off the light and crawled into bed, all was normal. After a few minutes in bed, I felt really anxious. I could feel someone in my room. You could just sense them. A quick glance in the dark didn't show me anything, so I grabbed my phone for light. Nothing there. My mind is playing tricks on me, I'm sure, so I turn off my phone light and try to get comfortable again. As my eyes adjust to the dark, suddenly the shape of a tall man with a hat is barely visible in the corner of my room, a slightly deeper shadow than the shadows around my room. I grab my phone light again, but once again, nothing is there in the light. I hid the light under the blankets and the shadow figure returns in the dark, just seemingly appearing from the shadow in the corner next to my door. My light switch was actually outside my room, a weird quirk, but it was an unfinished basement, and my room wasn't actually intended to be a bedroom. I didn't know what to do, but being too freaked out to sleep at that point... I decided to use my phone light to get me to my TV for more light, and then turn my bedroom light on, one step at a time. I ended up watching a show to calm me down, and eventually fell asleep on my couch with the TV and lights on that night. I began seeing the Shadow Man fairly often after that. Even in the semi-dark with my TV on, he never stepped out of that corner, just always seemed to be standing there, watching me. And so, I got used to his presence. His presence was unnerving at first, but 
I realized he didn't give off a threatening vibe like the face I had seen watching me through my window a few months before moving. He was just there. In my research that I did after the activity escalated, it sounds like most experiences with these shadow figures are like that. They're watchers. Somehow a neutral entity. The activity did progress, but I believe it was due to other spirits and entities. But that's a story for my next post, so if you have any questions, please ask. Back in 2009-ish, while I was in the military, my homie was back home in Ohio, and one day he was telling me this story, where the past few nights, he sees me walking down the street. Day one, he attempts to holler at me through the window. Apparently, I ignore him and disappear into the shadows. Day two, same thing, he sees me. This time, he tosses something at me, hits me, and then sees me stop, bend down, grab what he threw, and again disappears into the shadow. Day three, in the morning, what he threw at me is back in his room. It was a plushy bone. He initially thinks nothing of it, until he realizes that's what he threw. So, he starts to freak out a little. Now is where it gets a little more odd. Day three, in the evening, he hears a voice down in his living room. He assumes it's his mom watching TV, up until the point that he sees his mom in her bedroom fast asleep. So, he goes downstairs, and halfway down the talking stops, and there's a knock at the door. He's frightened and runs up to his room and cowers like a little child, I'm assuming. He continues his story with the dream he had of me meat-grinding his cats into little patties and offering him a burger made of his cats. Day four, he gets a voicemail. It's not from my number, but of my voice saying, What? You didn't want the bone back? Why didn't you eat the burger I gave you? He immediately calls me and tells me to stop playing with him, that this isn't funny. I assure him that I'm still down in Virginia. I suggest he calls my mom just to be sure. Later that night, I'm apparently in his room, just looming over his bed watching him, and I give a very impish smirk, and then my jaw detaches and I lunge at him. He tells me that he ran into his mother's bed with her and told her all of this. Now, they were a bit more religious at the time, so they called their pastor to bless the house and ask what it could be. He says it could be his, my, doppelganger, or a negative entity taking the shape of someone he trusts. Fast forward to today, literally, we're hanging out and this story comes up, and he adds that after the blessing of the house, an occurrence happened, but only once after, and it was his cat's dead body lying on his front door. Apparently it looked misshapen and distorted, as if manipulated by man. 
after hearing the story initially, and again, today my skin still crawls at the thought that there may be another me out there that's a sick freak. So that was an honestly skin-crawling collection of, what is that, seven paranormal stories? Holy crap. Uh, really awesome stories. Thank you to everyone who lets me use their stories, and thank you especially to Right-Angled Trapezoid for sending me their story. Really do appreciate it. I've used at least one of their stories in the past. I believe they did the one dream story I did a long time ago. Um... Really do appreciate them, uh, and really do appreciate them sending me the story, like I said. Uh, they've actually sent me two, and this is just one of them. I thought this one would fit really well in this collection. So again, thank you to everybody. Much love, and of course, I appreciate you. Also, if you enjoyed this, please hit that thumbs up button to help the channel out. Show YouTube that I am worth listening to, because YouTube doesn't seem to think so. You can also follow me on all my social media platforms, leave me a comment telling me what you thought of the video, or if you're feeling ever so bold you know, go through the join, join the channel memberships, or support over Patreon. For just a dollar a month, you get early access to content like this, and this video is going up significantly early, I promise you that. Like, four days, I think, or five days. I can't even do the math right now, that's how early it is! Anyways, I love you all. That's not all, I have more to say. I hope you have a beautiful day, and I hope you know that you are valid, you are appreciated, you are loved. And most importantly, you are the best and only you that will ever exist, so damn it, be the best you you can. And while you're at it, make sure that you take your vitamins, and at night, you take some nice melatonin, if you can. Cover your eyes with one of them fancy little eye masks, turn the fan on to blow the nice cool air in your direction, and hopefully, with that all in place, you can sleep well.